Nerds of the world, unite! Join us for LTNCon in New Albany, Indiana this October 14th, 15th, and 16th. For all the details, including our amazing speakers, tournaments, and breakouts, visit ltncon.info right now. LTNCon in New Albany, Indiana this October 14th through 16th. Register now at ltncon.info. Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 76 of the Pull List Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, the guy that fills in for me whenever I'm not here doing adulting things or feeling sick, Hector, and sometimes Todd, but Todd's not here right now. So, hi, Todd. Thank you. Hi, Todd. Um, so, yeah, I uh, adulting showed up, but I had to pretend to do, like, the job that pays me doll hairs um, last time, and I'm sorry, but I'm back. Um, but I'm fighting a cold, so if my voice sounds like utter trash or I look like it. Well, cheers. Mm. Tasty beverages. Um, so Hector, last week, last time went pretty awesome. So dig it. Appreciate you as always. Uh so how are you doing? Um, I see the trees moving in your background. So I guess you're next on deck for for a hurricane, I guess. Uh yeah, if you if you're watching the video of this, you can uh, see the trees whipping around. <laughs> Technically, this is um, I guess this is it for me. Yeah, uh, but it's supposed to be like twelve to twenty four hours of this. Yep. And what's kind of crazy is I'm actually supposed to leave this afternoon to go to a drive up to Hickory, which is three hours northwest yep. for a Hickory. show. And uh, that's where the storm is headed. Oh, good. <laughs> so if I go do this show, I'm directly driving into the hurricane oh, portion. Good. good, good. And yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of like I don't like canceling shows, but I also don't like driving into hurricanes. I've been through yeah, a lot. Um, so. <laughs> Hector has a little uh, um, a little twitch over that. Um, you know the um, that one line in uh, Batman versus Superman. He's like. Maybe it's the Gotham City in me, <laughs> but but I don't like cloud, like whatever right. whatever that line is. Like <laughs> it's like uh, ever since the first time my town flooded in my life, um, every time it rains, I'm like, maybe it's the <laughs> lovers in North Carolina in me, but I don't like rain. <laughs> I don't like it when it rains. Ah, uh, well. I didn't ask for this moisture. <laughs> well, at least for the next hour, we can talk about comic. Can that be the show title? I didn't ask for this I didn't moisture. Ask for this moisture. <laughs> yeah, hold on, make it make the note. <laughs> yep. All right. You have watched. You have witnessed the birth of a show title. Um. So yeah. I don't appreciate this precipitate. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, well, the team's back together, so I guess you know what that means. <laughs> Time to strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for We've Got Comic Sign. Uh, better put the word out. Can't wait for the nerd out. Better put specs on. Better bring necks on. I caught handsome checks for my expansion sets. They call me Obi-Wan. Act like you know me, son. And Gale Force wins and it go rain. And Gale Force wins. Oh, uh, wow. Well... On today's episode of The Pull List, um, we're not going to spend the next 60-something minutes on the weather, um, but we've got a great show for you. We're going to hit the latest news that you need to know, our pull recommendations from the past 
couple of weeks because I missed a couple. I think most of mine are from the last two weeks, but they might be from the last month or so. So sorry, not sorry. Um, and we're going to talk about our favorite new number ones. I'm actually pretty thrilled with mine this week. It's kind of a cool book and it's short. So you guys are going to get a story and you only have to buy three more comics after today. Uh, and there's so much more to talk about. So let's hop right in. This is the Pull List Podcast. <laughs> As we wander on into the newsroom, which is my office that you can now see. Um, so I, you, you didn't see me wander anywhere, but here we are. Um, let's magic. Yeah, man. It's, you know, now you see me. Um, yeah, uh, everybody gets the joy of that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> references. Um so some news. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest right off the top. Uh, Hector and I have mentioned throughout this season anyway, that we're like, where are, have all the good comics is gone? And that's a thing, but freaking Sarah McLaughlin song. Am I in? No, <laughs> you're welcome. You. References. YouTube, YouTube. Copyright violations. Um, we're going to get flagged. Good. Um, Dude, it, it legitimately, if YouTube picks that up, right. <laughs> as the real it's song, like it's yours. go for it. <laughs> um, news has been really weird lately too, as in I go through like six, seven, 10 um, geeky, nerdy comic book sites looking for stuff for us to talk about. And this week I was like, don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Where is actually information happening in terms of the industry? Don't care. Don't care. Wh okay. So, all right. And I can't figure fall usually is actually like a, a bunch of Halloween stuff always drops going into Halloween. Um, and then setting up for the new year always hits around this time of year as well. And there's just not a lot of that. Um, so I guess this is my random editorial commentary on, I don't know what's happening, but I'm slowly, maybe more quickly now because I've been saying the same speech for like a while now of, where's everything going <laughs> or not going it it concerns me slightly that it feels like it's a trickle of even news of stuff to come let alone what actually hits the shelf i don't think that there's anything in a real state of solidity right, right? now that's fair and i think that's the issue is that nobody knows what their sure footing is mm. so everybody is moving in a state of like let's tread lightly mm. Because I think everybody rushed to get back on sure footing after the world hit pause. Yep. And now when they're hitting it, <laughs> it's like, oh, no. And it's interesting. And I guess that's a good point, because this got uttered at my comic shop this week when I jumped in is my comic shop guy was saying that fewer people are picking up their polls. Um, he's had people literally call and be like, uh, money is a thing right now. So no. So either hold that or no, I'm out because this is the thing that has to give in my in my pocketbook if I have to give something. And I'm like, eee. If I were more financially responsible, <laughs> I'd probably be concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, so, yeah. All right. So let's actually talk about what I did find then. Um, so did you did you ever read The Goon 
or are you familiar with the character yeah. of the goon? Well, um, yeah, yeah, the goon yeah. is coming back. So Eric Powell is he's done like a bunch of one shots or like things here and there type of thing. But it's coming back. Uh, it's going back to Dark Horse. Albatross uh, is imprinting at Dark Horse. So uh, the goon's going home, I suppose, is a way to look at it. And it's pretty cool because Dark Horse has been kind of the home of like expansion lately, like talking about a lack of news, but then like actual stuff. Dark Horse, you know, got Matt Kent's uh, personal imprint, Kevin Smith's personal imprint over the last couple months. Um, the thing I'm about to say after this is more Dark Horse news. Um, Dark Horse seems to be kind of putting it together um, lately. And if if you were to say, hey, what's the most solid like, you know, line of books going on right now. Normally, you don't expect Dark Horse to be the top right. tier of that, but surprise. And right? if I was going to tell you, I'd say probably two of the better imprints slash publishers out there producing stuff I want to read is Dark Horse and Boom, which are is a sentence that I don't think anyone expected anybody to utter in the last two to five years. Um, you go back five years, they'd be like, what's a Boom? <laughs> um you're right on the edge of when Boom really like figured out their stuff. And I gotta double check now. I think my number one. Yeah, it's a Boom book. So had a feeling. Uh, yeah. So lots of interesting, cool stuff going on there, at least. Uh, so let's wrap up the, the Dark Horse talk with more interesting news. Dark Horse has decided that they are jumping the diamond ship and they're going to Penguin Random House exclusively as well uh so diamond just where does hmm? where does that leave diamond not in a great place um and because it's exclusive it means like um dc that their stuff won't be listed and isn't going to be available that marvel did that half and half thing um that from what i'm reading it doesn't sound like dark horse is just like deuces um i think we're gonna have to see how that actually shakes out because Marvel kind of took some time to figure out how that was going to work out as well. But, right. <laughs> so Dark Horse is like, we good, moving on. And then, yeah, I agree, is, huh. So Diamond survived the others. What's the straw that breaks that back? Um, because I think that day is now coming. Where before we were saying that, now it's kind of like, okay, the previews now has a bunch of other inserts because it's the only way it can carry books that people actually want to get. I think it leaves Boom, Dynamite, Action Lab. Like, we're we're now way down the publisher list in terms of third tier and indie, right? Um, I don't know. I, I can't imagine people are throwing a party um, at Diamond at the moment because exclusivity means they're not even pushing books at all from those companies. Well, and that also just like that puts the rest of the ones remaining that haven't jumped ship in like dangerous waters to begin with. I think that's like, you know, some would say, Oh, well now they'll get more attention. I was like, no, it means prices are about to go up for some of those companies. If I had to bet, because at some point, volume was what Diamond was surviving off from. If it goes away, then how you money make um, becomes a super valid concern for them. And so, yeah, I, I just found that very interesting that as Dark Horse grows, they're like, cool, we out. So 
Interesting. Uh, we'll we'll come back around to this, I assume, because I have a feeling Diamond will have some stuff to say in the coming weeks and months of uh, how how is this going to keep working uh, is legitimately going to be a concern for them. So you brought to my attention uh, that a lot of people love them some Sandman lately. I do. Uh, so it's like, I wonder why. Um now, I don't know if you've noticed, because I know we're about to talk about news, but like they've not greenlit season yes. two. And that's that's a valid news ish thing here is. It, well, it's because, frankly, Netflix has done really good stuff, but not made the money they've wanted to out of a lot of their bigger projects lately. And without saying it, they're basically like, you guys suck. Um, stop binging stuff um, that hurts our model. <laughs> <laughs> they, they said that Sandman is one of the shows that is least binged. It is highly watched, right. but people are like pausing and taking breaks and using the bathroom and drinking. I water. Think it's because and... you need to hydrate in the middle of some of those episodes. Cause you're like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 24 seven, you're sitting there going, I need to take a mental break. <laughs> um, and I'm sure Netflix also saw that and went, yeah, and talked to Neil and everyone was like, so you understand that season two is going to be more insane. <laughs> that that this train doesn't get better. It, well, it gets better, but. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest, dude. Like the fact that you saw Martin Tenbones, uh, like in season one and that brief thing. And I'm like, oh, that would have been so cool to like for me as an audio person. Um but yeah, that's part of our news is that uh, yeah, net not uh, audible uh, audible. Thank you. DC calling an audible. Hey, um, DC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, DC and audible dropped volume three of the Sandman audio. And now one of my concerns uh, when I heard Netflix was making a uh, Sandman show was that they would drop the audible work. Because I've been saying this for a hot, hot minute. The audible version of Sandman is a flipping masterpiece. Yeah, a little bit of um, Yeah. And, like, the casting choices just make everything so different. And that's thing, some of the actors that are in uh, the audible, you couldn't pay them to do this Netflix right. show. Or the availability's not there. Like, uh, James McAvoy. Um, and here's realistically. I bet James McAvoy would do a killer on-screen Morbius. Yes. But we couldn't pay him for that. I mean, <laughs> that like, a... yeah, it's just like you've got two seasons of his dark materials and he's still and that's still taking forever. Right. Um, uh, that but might finish you've got Jane. I doubt it, bro. <laughs> like at this pace, um, maybe. Um, but uh, you've got James McAvoy as Morpheus. Cat Dennings is death, which I just love me some Cat Dennings. And, um, but it's just like the little things like, uh, you know, with, uh, the crow, the oh, Raven, yeah, Matthew, um, Matthew, the Raven, uh, in Netflix's version, you get Patton Oswald as Matthew, the Raven. And in the audible version, you get Andy circus mm -hmm. and it's just <laughs> the, the little differences. And like, uh, in, Netflix's version, you get Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer, which I thought she had a very commanding presence. Mm -hmm. um, in the audio version, you get Michael Sheen, which, if you don't know, is the the nice angel in Good Omens. Right. Um, 
and it's just like he would not be as impressive on screen as Lucifer. Um, but like, there's just different stuff that like pops out. But I've just like the audio production of it has been so good, and like the they don't shy away from anything. Like if you watched uh, Sandman on Netflix, you got some watered down stuff in a good way. Because like some of the like uh, when it comes to the episode twenty four seven, that uh, was toned they down. Did, that was way toned down, and the not toned down version of it literally made me pull my car over um, because it freaked me out. And then um, like just the sound effects of despair with the fish hook man, right? And the audio, Ugh. it's just like because there's nothing else, and you just hear like the most crisp, clear squelching and it's just like um but like uh also like if you've seen season one there's or read the books you know because there are comics um yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) at, at the at the serial convention uh there's a very disturbing killer called funland and yeah they pulled that punch uh they uh dramatically pulled the punch on that on netflix and again i'm really grateful um visually they pulled the punch on uh the calliope the beginning of the second arc as well when they gave us the bonus episode when i saw that i was like i just i just reread this and went oh no and then i watched the episode and went oh that did not feel as nearly nasty as it could have been no, and Calliope, like the Arthur Darville episode, like, I mean, here's the thing. They're they're giving the visual, I'm not going to say mogul audience, but the, <laughs> the they're not advanced dark arts. They're not Order of Phoenix, um, folks, that if, if Netflix is your only Sandman, you are welcome to the community. Yes, uh, always. You are welcome and enjoy it, but you are definitely getting the, the PG-13 version versus the NC-17 version. Right um uh so but either way uh version three or auto volume three just dropped this week and um in fact like two days ago um and you can pick it up if you have an audible subscription or if you're like me and you don't want to do audible subscriptions because i fight the power i'm still on that zoom um (laughs) uh i am bro i'm on that zoom Um, i'm on that zoom writing that one down too (laughs) <laughs> bring it on man um you if you wait like a week or two uh they're gonna have the entire uh volume three of audible on one disc mm. and for those of you who still have cd Is players in physical your car media what yeah um and so i've bought the first two volumes of the audible on cd now it's not a CD you can play in every CD player, but it has to be one that has like digital capabilities or whatever. But I'm I'm excited about it. Like I just found out about it this morning when I woke up, so Aww. I'm like, yay! Good. I'm just gotta wait two weeks for it to get. The CD. <laughs> I mean, there's worse things, and I mean, kind of wrapping the um, news segment is all my news stories are interrelated. How awesome is that? Um, so I'm gonna make some people's head hurt, and it's gonna be fun. So Doom Patrol. Season three, right? Um, yes. The one that happened because we're we're waiting on on four. Um, right. There was one or two episodes that featured two boy detectives that explicitly were dead boy detectives. Right. Remember right. that? Okay. 
do you know where the dead boy detectives came from? I knew they were like a DC comics. Thing yes. Like specifically, they came out of the yeah. Sandman universe. Um, Oh, I didn't yes. know that. I kind of glossed over that in the interest as well. But yeah, uh, number 15. So just over the edge of the middle of the volume two arc, we see the dead boy detectives. You know what? I totally remember that yep. now. Go I, ahead. It's kind of funny. I actually kind of like them better in the Doom Patrol implementation um, because it got that Dirk Gently um, feel to it, which. Yes. Mm. Uh, so there's a, another reference for you. Dig it. But DC's bringing the Dead Boy uh, detectives back in December for some standalone stuff. And I don't think that's, um, you know, the new Sandman stuff that's out. But it's, it's well, I, had, I pulled it up on purpose so I can double check that. Uh, no, they're just calling it the Sandman Universe Dead Boy Detectives. So it's technically going to be its kind of own thing-ish in in the greater thing of everything. So Charles and Edwin, your favorite dead boy detectives, uh, return this December. Um, and I'm kind of curious because they are great characters and it's kind of a unique look at being able to solve crimes when, well, you know, you're a ghost. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. And I guess just to kind of wrap our, our new segment for this week, um, I just wanted to say that She-Hulk is still delightful and haters going to hate. I've got uh, one. I have, I've got this week's episode. You, you haven't seen it yet. Mm-mm. Okay. It's <laughs> everyone's probably like, what is happening and why is happening? And I'm like, you're missing the point. It, it <laughs> we finally have a Marvel show. That's just embracing what it is. Um, and you're trying to figure out how it connects this stuff. And well, it does, but it doesn't. <laughs> Um, it's just existing. And the funny thing about it is the entire point of where we're at in She-Hulk is people accepting Jennifer Walters for who she is. And the whole thing is so self-aware that that's literally the rest of the MCU going, why do I care about She-Hulk? And it's like, Jennifer just wants you to know it is just Jen. (laughs) And you're all like, nah, I don't get it. And I'm like, "You're, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking fun stop ruining fun um i don't know i it's what made me really enjoy the last two arcs of she hulk as a comic that it's just so self-aware and kind of silly but also grounded in like normal people stuff um with superheroes adjacent that i'm just it just gives me ally mcbeal vibes yeah that's fair um and that and that probably throws a lot of people off yeah if i see if i see a dancing baby in this it wouldn't surprise me yeah you'd be like i'm out (laughs) or i'm here for it (laughs) so and then even though it's adjacent to everything as well people haters gonna hate as well on andor and and star wars and all that good stuff um all I got to say on Andor is read more books and you, you might appreciate Andor a little more. Um, it's not that it's coming from a specific set of books. It's more so that it's telling a story much more like the expanded book universe in Star Wars, that it's a political espionage book uh, show more than it is anything else. And people are like, I don't get it. And it's like, yeah, because they're now trying to show you the nuance of Star Wars and you're either here for it or you're not. That's why I've told people, I was like, don't overthink it, but also appreciate what they're showing you. Cause 
Andor is literally just a set piece to show you the world. Um, or in this case, the universe. Um, and that's why it feels weird because it's usually not about the minutia or nuance of star Wars. It's, it's blasters and Darth Vader. And you're, you're going to get very little of both of those things. Um, so go ahead at me. I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm digging it. It is slower pace, but that's what it's supposed to be. And I'm going to Kevin Smith this one and say, we used to only have three movies and then we had six and then we had nine. And now we have this gigantic universe and most of it actually doesn't suck. <laughs> um, I'm just thankful to have the fact that a single script and a notebook of George Lucas's ideas brought us here <laughs> and all this content. And I'm a happy person for it. So editorial over crispy. Oh, ah, <sighs> So that's what you need to know and some things that you probably didn't, but you got my opinion anyway. Um, we talk some industry and we always want to focus on that when we can get it. Uh, so as always, you can join in on the conversation with Hector and I and all of your nerdy friends over on the Love Thy Nerd Discord, minus Hector because Discord's hard, um, or on the Facebook community. We hop in and out, people at us, it's fun. Tell us what you liked, what you hated, uh, probably what we missed because we do miss stuff. And that's what the fun of being comic nerds is all about. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So we like fantasy and great storytelling, not just for the big mythical stuff that we can't find anywhere else, but also for the things that we can find here, but just to find them in bigger and better quantities. I was discussing Rings of Power with someone recently, and they said that their favorite thing about the show was the friendship between Durin and Elrond. And I gotta admit, it's touching. It's funny, it's witty, but it's it's also really touching because in some ways, finding really good friendship is just as much of a fantasy as, you know, rings and elves and hair that just magically looks good all the time. And... I've grown to appreciate over time in ministry that friendship is a huge thing and it really is hard to come by. One of my favorite memes in all of Jesusdom is where it says nobody talks about Jesus's miracle of having 12 friends in your 30s. And I think it's something we need to come to really appreciate is that having good friends and being good friends is something that actually is a huge blessing and something that we should give the proper attention it deserves. In John chapter two, Jesus, you know, started his public ministry and people started flocking to him. Um, and, but John two twenty four and 25 says this, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Jesus 
got all the attention in the world, but was cautious to actually trust himself because he knew it was in trust himself to others because he knew it was in their hearts. Yet he found 12 people, even counting Judas, that he could invest in. And I want you to be encouraged that not everybody deserves the label of friend, but there are people out there that deserve it. And we should invest in those friendships because they actually increase the quality of life all around. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Without further ado, we bring you into the main event. The reason most of you listen to us, I think. Um, maybe? I don't know. Who knows, um, we're going to tell you about some comics you should read. Um, and maybe about some you shouldn't. Nope. Nope. Never mind. This week, it's all good. Um, just did. We'll see. Yeah, it was hard to find books like we mentioned at the top of the show so um yeah so hector tell us about the fact that you didn't get dc books but almost your entire list is dc books so like as you know that at least two weeks go by in between like us recording so i got i got the previous week's books but not this week's books now the books currently sitting in my box at my comic book shop our nice house on the lake number 10. <laughs> you're, you're now getting a preview of what's going to be Hector's. You should have read these books. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Right. Um, human target number seven, which I love me some human target and Tom King. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. really sad. I'm missing that one. Uh, Detectives comics. One Oh six probably be disappointing. Um, <laughs> honestly, he's like, read this, but also don't. Yeah, no. No, and that's the thing. Like, I know what I'm buying, but that doesn't mean it's going to be good. Uh, Batman White Knight, I feel like they've beat this horse to death. Yeah, I'm actually kind of, because I did read it, didn't make my list. It's, Sean Murphy's art still makes me happy inside. But I'm, why can nobody make me care about a Batman Beyond story? It's a struggle bus, bro. It really is. Like, like nobody. And maybe it's the fact that I grew up in that generation where it's like, uh, too many like 90s boy meets world attachments or whatever else but it's just like that could be fair like i was just like i'm just tired of you yeah. <laughs> it's like no no go away go away <laughs> um uh and then batman so those are ones i missed that i know were on my list um todd mentioned do a power bomb number three or four or whatever we're at and i wanted to get that but my shop keeps running out of it and for whatever yeah. reason it hasn't actually been put on my list and um and just to add these two, because uh, Kevin, Coon, uh, sorry, Kevin Conley. There uh, you go. Hi, yep, Kevin. Sorry. Kevin Conley mentioned that uh, his best books uh, have been Shang-Chi, Flash, Damage Control, and World's Finest. Um, and he says, I mean, I did two- enjoy Damage Control, so. Yeah. He says the Two-Face one day, uh, one bad day, one shot was okay, but didn't like it as much as Riddler. Um, also true. Save yeah, it for we'll the talk, podcast. Save it for the podcast. And um and uh Todd also recommends Duo by Milestone. Yes. 
I mean, Milestone's got some good stuff uh, clicking away again. And I need to jump back and look at Duo because I'd say that's the one I'm seeing more of, which tells me people are reading it. Yeah. And I know we're out of news, but also uh, since you did mention Doom Patrol, they announced the casting for yes. that character. Cassie? Casey. Casey. Yeah, they announced Casey's character. So that's the thing. All yeah, right. Nick, Dar- so- Nick Darrington um, was given a gift. Um that early sketches of Casey, they actually had the actor do a few of the poses from his very early sketches and then shared them with him to share. And he's just like nerding out. And Nick is still one of my favorite um, artists out there that does really cool stuff. And he's like, the really weirdest crap of Doom Patrol is coming. Yes. Uh, I'll say season three of Doom Patrol was absolutely bananas. And I loved it. Yep. Um, I mean, that's the point. Doom Patrol is just so broken. And it's it so is broken, the, but it managed to be so deep in season three it used, and broken. I think that's the point. Um, and from Grant Morrison forward, and I know definitely um, Young Animal with all them doing that and Nick and them that it was like, nope, it, this is still a thing, but it cray cray. So uh, Nightwing did a Brady Bunch cover. So that's a thing. It's the um, Nightwing Bunch. So uh, this concludes the uh, Heartless arc. Or um, Battle for the Heart of the City, like, I guess the second major arc. Um, And, man, freaking Chef's Kiss all around. Nightwing, uh, the Leap into the Light, or whatever that was, the first arc um, of Tom Taylor's story. This is the second arc, minus the Fear State stuff. Um, (laughs) Are we still talking? Oh, yeah, we are. Dang it. Yeah. Um, So this, this issue legitly just... Gives you the roundup of um, Blockbuster versus Nightwing. Now, I remember, you know, like 15 years ago when Nightwing killed Blockbuster. Um, and that was a whole crisis of identity and such with that. Um, <laughs> just, 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 eh, just, eh. just identity or of Earth, of Earth's or, yeah, never mind. It's yeah, gone. Yeah. Uh, but this this issue really gives you the culmination of um nightwing versus blockbuster but it also gives you a uh um a really good culmination to barb's and dick's relationship Mm. um did you read this one i did not you're not on this yet no no Um, uh but i'm a terrible person (laughs) but uh, i'm telling you dude these last two volumes of nightwing some of the best stuff out there um but uh <laughs> blockbuster finds out nightwing's identity at the end of the last issue the previous issue and uh then beats him to bloody heck and um they they rally beat up the bad guys win the day and all um <laughs> and uh but yeah. then they have this conversation where bat or, or bat girl and a Nightwing are standing in the rain. He does the pensive, but he knows my identity now, and it's too dangerous for you, and blah blah blah. Brood. And there's literally, there's literally just a panel of a uh, Batgirl saying "f that" <laughs> <laughs> with bleeps, of course. It's uh, oh my, uh, and um, and there's also a really cute panel in here. Uh, if you look at my Instagram, it's on there um, of. Uh, one of the D-list villains that was working for Blockbuster uh, cusses him out and flips him off. Oh, right, yeah. And they put the comics code sticker over all of it, and it's just 
cute. Um, but like literally there's a, there's this moment where he's like, he he's in the rain. Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon can't be together. And she just starts laughing and he's like, what's happening? She's like, F that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and nah, nah fam. And, and then it goes into this whole thing. Like uh, we're superheroes, like dark side could come tomorrow or whatever. He's like, shut up you idiot and they have their little moment um but since the first issue of this whole run uh heartless has been this touted villain and i'll say that heartless is to nightwing what hush is the batman Mm. um and i feel like we're just getting started with that because he has been slightly sprinkled through this storyline um uh but this dude basically removes other people's hearts and like feeds on them like yeah. ingest them somehow not eating them but like they fuel something inside of him like almost like a cyberman type situation um okay. but uh <laughs> and i don't want to spoil it for those that are reading it but the uh we we thought blockbuster had killed heartless or at least attempted to and um the last chunk of this story you get heartless doing some heartless ish and uh, ends on a really big cliffhanger note. Um, a lot of good ways. So I don't know if Tom Taylor is actually continuing after this. That's a mm. you actually look up logistics. That's not a me thing. Um, don't so, make me work. I already did work. I, I'm not telling you to look it up. I'm just saying I don't. I don't read ahead. <laughs> um, so uh, if this is a place where Tom Taylor is getting off, it's a great place to get off. If he's continuing, fantastic. But uh, I still stand by that Nightwing. The big leap into the light and then uh, Battle for the Heart of the City. Um, if you can pick those up as trade backs when they come out or whatever, uh, they will be worth your money. So Nightwing. Um, 96. 96. Worth it. Absolutely. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, I guess I'll just go ahead and throw this one out here. Um, the Two-Face one-shot. Let's do um, it. Uh, as uh, we previously mentioned, uh, this is good. It's not on par with the Riddler one. I brought my copy, too. Yeah, see. Uh, it's, it's good. It's not as good as the Riddler one, but it is good. Yeah. And Chris knew what I would enjoy about it um, is that it gives you all the classic two face moments throughout, especially throughout modern storytelling. Yep. yep. Um, uh, you get two face shooting hush at the end of the hush art original. You get two face um, pulling a gun on Renee Montoya in No Man's Land. You get a lot of good references all the way to Dark Victory with uh, Robin and everything else. You get those references. You know what? Nobody references, dude. Hmm. Um, it was the one year later stuff when oh. uh, Two-Face was running around with just a toboggan and some Eskrima sticks and just fighting crime. And when he, he I think right. he had his face... I think he had his face healed and everything. And he's just running around as Harvey Dent fighting crime while Batman's gone. And I'm like, nobody references that. <laughs> like, that's not a thing. Like, it's like we collectively decided that didn't actually happen. Um, Aw, no redemption for Harvey. Uh, if you really love Two-Face, this is worth it. I am not advertising this on the level I did the Riddler one. Because the Riddler one was like a 
a great piece of art. Yeah, this is good. And if you like Two Face, it's worth a shot. Um, to be fair, to be fair, um, I would not have put this on my pull if Chris hadn't claimed another book I was going to put on my pull. Too bad. So, <laughs> yep, I failed this city. Um, so there you go. Um, uh, now this one, I will say this is probably my book of the week um, over total. Um, Black Adam number uh, four. Yeah. So, and you're not reading this, right? No. Okay. Um, Tell me so why. So first, uh, can I can I ask this and forgive my uh, insolence? The writer of this priest. Um, yes. What is his ethnicity? Oh, no. He. Yeah. He is. He is black, and that is. He's been that's why he does a lot of these stories. Um, I'm not saying that it's race equal equals that he does race equal. No, 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 no. He has a huge he wants to bring a lot of attention to solid like the fact that he wasn't as in like he was with Milestone early on, if I remember correctly, maybe one or two stories. I don't I want to double check that to be 100 percent sure. Um, But it's why he also had lots of work on black panther a while ago that was really good but yes um i'm trying to see double check all of his stuff because he's done a lot of stuff that's a lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) okay uh here's my my question and you know i think this is not any kind of disrespectful in any way but just you know you can have a loving conversation with me if you feel like it um (laughs) uh in reading this my one thought was there were so many um, directly African-American culture references thrown out here in this, in this issue that I felt like if a white dude wrote this, I don't think it's okay. (laughs) And and I was like, that's that's probably fair. Uh, like I, I honestly felt like if if this was written by a white man, it would almost feel like you're mocking the culture. Um, if this is not, I was like, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> but like it, like I had to like I didn't check that because I was reading it super late, and I was like, but I loved it. It's wonderful, and that's also one of the reasons why I liked it so much is because it had a lot of rap references, it had a lot of hip hop culture, it had, had a lot of stuff like that. But I just, if I wanted to make sure it wasn't just like cultural appropriation. No, Pri- Priest usually is known for bringing culture forward in a lot of his work. That's what he was well known for on his arcs um, with Black Panther. I think he did a lot of the Green Lantern Corps. Um, stuff during that time period as well that this is generally priest is really good at this and i think that's why this turn in black adam happened with him was that he wanted to bring more to the table and dc's like yeah too easy done so um this this book has different sections like chapter titles every couple pages um so one and i'm an idiot because i missed it um uh (laughs) One of the chapter titles is actually Luke 16. He is also known for occasionally dropping some some of them, some of that knowledge. Um, so the one of the first panels you see black at like oh, hold on. Uh for the record, uh this care this character is called White Adam. And so if I'm referencing Black Adam, it's Teth Adam. Book. Right. 
yeah. Um, so uh, there's at one point you see Teth Adam, Black Adam, sitting in a chair, and he asks his uh, new Alfred uh, ship. He's basically got an Alfred. Um, uh, right. uh, asks him, do you believe in God? And uh, he's like, you want to start with this before I have a bagel? And like, <laughs> so they have this whole conversation. Now, there's two biblical things I'm going to point out in uh this issue Nerd. first of all uh they managed to put in a poop on joel osteen in this book if you would have told me <laughs> that in a dc proper major label comic book you'd have somebody cracking a joel osteen joke i'd have never believed it um i'm not gonna lie i laughed when you sent me that i was like hey. <laughs> <laughs> right and so it's just like oh what what are y'all doing like, where did that come from? Um, uh, no lies detected, though. I think even people that aren't tracking <laughs> would get that reference. Uh, so he's talking about this stuff. Um, uh, Black Adam asks this question. He says, was any of that real, Shep, or imagined? Isn't uh, that a question for all faith? Is any of it real? Or he says, hey, schmuck, you can fly. Whatever other mashugas may be happening here, some part of your deal is actually true. Let's see Joel Osteen top that. <laughs> and so straight up, I'm like, where did that come from? So uh, at that point in time, you see Black Adam start quoting Luke 16, 23, I believe is the reference. Um, I just posted on Faith and Fandom this morning as well. It says, and, and in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar. By the way, I love that Black Adam's quoting the King James Version. Um, uh, and, and Lazarus in his bosom. Um, and it says, which one were you? So this plays out like Doctor Who. Um, mm. And the fact that G in Luke 16, Jesus is telling a parable. And Black Adam's one of the dudes in the parable. Uh. So you get a flashback to the story that jesus is talking about in luke 16 you get a picture of it happening Dope. and and black adam's one of the dudes um so it's interesting um but then like uh you in home alone which is the another chapter in it you get white adam uh basically doing his first like shazam training montage type shazam. situation um and where he gets uh thrown up and he is trained none other by the demon etrican <laughs> and the demon the demon etrican and um so but the entire time it's uh why adam throwing uh shade at etrigan as they're fighting he's like um he, this is his first conversation with uh de the demon etrigan the first time he sees him this is his response not fear not anything else this is his first response yo poonut <laughs> bean whoever's under that fright mask ha halloween's over take yo elf jordans and bounce <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> please for the love of god and when's the last time you saw a dentist and like Ooh. so he's just and just throwing at him and um and it's just literally like him throwing back and forth and he's listening to the rhyming and everything else right um 
and he's like he's like god your rhymes suck the vanilla ice of super villains Ooh. and they had a rap battle they had he a rap didn't, battle he didn't know and then but then uh what's the other one uh somehow like he activates his lightning power and um he says yeah how you like me now got 99 problems but a demon ain't one <laughs> and then yes. adds then ends it with biatch like straight michael scott <laughs> biatch um and so the whole thing is that's just the so you get black adam talking about the bible yep and then you get white adam quoting jay-z fighting the demon etrigan bet uh, <laughs> bet uh, <laughs> um and then uh for the other for my other poll i'll just throw in um red hood and the outlaws number nine on wow. webtoons yes. um free de- free version of my favorite comic book character in my favorite iteration yes all day um you're like yes but- please but this little snippet, and these are short, and they are not fulfilling as far as a full comic book because they're not oh. that length. Um, but uh, you get Jason, Bizarro, and Artemis all fighting evil clones of themselves, but not just like one, like an army of them. Ooh. Uh, because the thing that they were chasing, the guy they were fighting can create multiple copies. He can turn anybody into anything. So it's kind of an Agent Smith situation. So they're actually fighting hundreds of Jasons, hundreds of Bizarros, hundreds of Artemis, but they're actually real people, so they can't kill them. (laughs) So uh, that's it. I'm done. What you got? I got... Kapow! The Grim. The uh, Grim is back in ongoing and all that. So our good buddy Rico... Um, being involved in this project and and by the way rico's on she hulk and i didn't realize that really rico is coloring oh, no he's col- she- he's coloring the new one i did know that sorry he's um, coloring the new she hulk yeah i love that yeah no rico's doing tons of great stuff hi rico we should have you on the show someday right we should that. absolutely have rico Rinsky on this show he's he's a wonderful wonderful who man that we adore um but he always left me smiling and satisfied so Grim, um, the opposite of smiling and all of that stuff. Uh, but we kind of set this up before that uh, Grim follows a bunch of deaths, not the death, but reapers of some type that they're people that are kind of paying a penance, if you will. Um, they can only travel to the world of the living with a scythe. Um, the main character lost their scythe and was somehow still able to like traveled this particular universe which creeps a bunch of people out you slowly find out that she's special in some way but you can't really figure out why um so spoiler alert because this is why it's on my list is that story is kind of cool and it ran a little slow in episode in episodes in issues three and four but number five you finally get the point so spoiler alert um you pause here if you care a lot or you keep listening to find out why you should be reading this you find out the reason why this particular Reaper doesn't know how they died. And this is another thing is most of them know how they died. She doesn't. Um, You find out it's because she is the daughter of death. Um, Right. So the reason she doesn't have a memory is because they basically wiped it. So she wouldn't know who she is. Um, And you find that out and you find out that to protect her, um, her aunt has been running hell. Um, 
and death is actually back in the real world in a hotel room in Las Vegas because he's been banished in order to protect his daughter. Um, and a big old fight happens in Las Vegas and I won't spoil that piece, but that is the kicking off point of the rest of this story. And it's interesting because basically she's human slash death and that's why she can traverse um, is my takeaway on that. But we don't know entirely who mom is, but mom is coming because that was the preview at the end of this book. And I'm like, okay, um, this went from interesting to I'm now fascinated and let's go. So it's just all kinds of weird. Um, and death actually has like a very kind hearted father daughter in, in this, in this uh, book. So it's just kind of wild. Um, I dig books that make you kind of stretch in those weird ways and re-image major pieces of folklore that we know. Um, and just like <laughs> goes to town and breaks it and, all kinds of ways so it's wild i dig it it's very pretty um it's pretty yeah rico usually does stuff with lots of super vivid colors which is why he gets lots of cool work as a colorist um so next on my wonderful list you've heard this story before kapow uh dark spaces wildfire and how about that cover dude is it a great color for, has um, it has flash vibes right um so the wild, the all female wildland fighter firefighting team for um, wildfires has is going on this heist. Like I said from the beginning, it's a heist book. Who knew? Um, and I spoiled, didn't spoil one of the last things where they rob this house and then they find a dead body. Um, this is a book that just escalates at the end of each book, and it's clearly going to have an end because they've been basing each issue on a stage of a fire. Um, and so this one was flashover. So the hottest point of the fire and the big explosion of the fire, they found the dead body at the last one. Um, and they're like, Oh crap, that person's dead. Um, that person was mutilated in very strange ways. And they're like, that's not good vibes. We should leave. And while they're leaving, they get shot at, um, in the middle of a fire. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, we are just taking the escalation of story from, Oh, that's weird. Oh, that sucks too. Oh my God. Everything is trying to kill us and you don't know why. Um, so I'm just at the point of they do a really neat job of each issue telling more backstories of each of the reasons that each of the women ended up in prison. Um, the things that actually motivate them and you slowly get the pile on of the story escalating each issue. And I'm like, I really want to know what 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 data is on this thing that they stole and why is it worth this much? Because they clearly weren't the only ones that had the idea is what's implied here is that another group except the heavily armed group is trying to get whatever's in the house as well. So I'm kind of curious, you know, what that's going to be at the end of the day. Um, fun stuff down the line. So we're in in spooky season. It's officially spooky season for comic books. Um, and that means DC horror and other people are doing all their stuff. There's all kinds of other things, but cup how, um, because you can't have a book without mentioning Sergeant rock, which is like forever and a day for DC, but this is Sergeant rock and the army of the dead. Um, brought to you by Bruce Campbell. Um, so take a wild guess what that book's about. 
So um, it's about zombies. <laughs> um, and it is just about everything that you imagine between all of the words that I just uttered in that sentence. <laughs> um, Are there the, chainsaws? Not yet. Not yet. It's actually okay. very straight uh, storytelling at the moment. It's uh, middle of end of World War II. Uh, they're approaching Ber- Berlin and Hitler's figured out how to reanimate his army so he can have an endless army um, to, you know, not lose the war. So I think we've heard this story once or twice. Um, that said, it's Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell's humor is in here <laughs> for sure. Um, and this was the setup book. So they're like, oh, no. Z- zombies um shoot for the head kind of stuff is is what they've learned here so it's a six-parter this was the setup book i'm here for bruce campbell and zombies in spoopy season 2022 see i was going to complain about zombies but then again we both had a zombie book so you know whatever yeah and i'm gonna follow that zombie book with a zombie book right surprise but, but not zombie but zombie fine so where does that mean I ended? Kablamo! Um, this is the book that Hector's like, how dare you? Um, yep, pretty much. But uh, Deceased, War of the Undead Gods, issue number two came out. Let's see if I can find the pretty picture. No, not going to show you that. Going to talk about that. Because, <laughs> um, wow. Um, I mean, I've just enjoyed all these books because they're colorful, but, you know, ew, zombies. Um so deceased has gone through this iteration of killing a lot of people, you know, in love. <laughs> um, and now we have entered, uh, the next phase, which is all these God level characters, um, deities, etc. in the universe are being infected. And we knew that dark side was like the biggest piece of this. So it's like, Ooh, um, zombie dark side's kind of frightening. Zombie dark side is really fucking <laughs> um, terrifying. Zombie dark side is scary, bro. Um, and if you think d- r- normal dark side is scary, zombie yes. dark side is scary. Zombie dark side is scarier. And then this book was like, oh, we going to take your zombie dark side. How would you like us to put some more zombie dark side and other really scary stuff in your scary zombie dark side and zombie dark side it up, cranked that to 11 and this is a spoiler, but it has to be said because I'm not avoiding this here. I'm going to talk about the thing is zombie dark side's not just zombie dark side. He is now zombie dark side leader of the yellow lantern Corps because he ripped Sinestra's head off his body and the yellow rings like you instill a great level of fear in people. We friends now. And so now we have zombie dark side yellow lantern and i'm like that's the most comic book thing i've seen in a while but damn is that frightening ready for the action figure <laughs> right and i mean listen i've got a where is he hold on let me scoot to my shelf without breaking anything he said skeet like uh batman dark side right like that's i thought that was the most comic book thing uh no 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 zombie 
uh, Yellow Lantern Dark Side takes the cake. Yeah, I was just like half of my brain like failed in the moment and went, that's the most comic book thing I've seen in a while. And then the other half of my brain went, but that's also incredibly frightening. So good job, fear. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did like, it. Oh, crap. Yep. You, y'all done did that. Yeah, you, you did it. So uh, deceased continues to decease a lot of mainline DC characters for hey. the sake of the story. See what I did there? It's good. Um, it's not good. It was terrible. Um, so I just continue to to dig it. So my books weren't sexy this week, I guess, but there's a lot going on there. Um, and they're fun. You are listening to the Polis podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Welcome to the lightning round brought to you by Moviga. I'm Steven with your weekly source for all things, movies, video games, and more. Now grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. Ask and Hugh shall receive. Hugh Jackman is officially reprising his role as Wolverine in the upcoming Deadpool 3 movie. It doesn't quite add up given how Hugh's last outing wrapped up, but Deadpool is Deadpool, so literally any explanation will make sense. Some turmoil on the set of MCU's Blade movie. The film's director, Bassam Tariq, has reportedly left the project, and some rumors are saying that Mahershala Ali has been frustrated with the film's progress. It's also been reported that the Moon Knight director is rewriting the script completely from scratch. It's a bummer to hear news like this, but at least it means they're taking their time with it. Fingers crossed, it's great. Don Cheadle's Armor Wars TV show is being redeveloped for the big screen. I can think of about 94 other Disney Plus shows I would rather have seen as a movie, but I'll take what I can get. I'm a little tired of potentially great films being dumped onto a streaming service, so this does make me happy. I do love War Machine, I do love Don Cheadle, so I'm excited for this. The Apes franchise continues. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes will be a distant follow-up to the recent trilogy set far into the future. That trilogy is honestly fantastic, so if you have not seen it, now's the time. Six seasons and a movie. The hopeful campaign for the cult classic community to receive a movie has finally paid off. Peacock has ordered a movie with the original stars returning. Sounds like it'll be a movie, but still on TV, but that's fine. We did it. Greendale, we're getting a movie. It looks like Google Stadia is not here to stay. Dia. Google has officially announced the shutdown of Stadia after having gained no traction with consumers. I feel like it was a great idea we just weren't ready for. But our kids are going to love it. PlayStation Plus games have been announced for the month of October and we're getting Super Hot, Injustice 2, and Hot Wheels Unleashed. Injustice is great, Super Hot is fantastic, especially if you're planning to use it with that new PSVR, and Hot Wheels Unleashed is incredible. Not enough people play that game, so if you have PlayStation Plus, make sure you download it and come see me on the track. I'll be in the Ninja Turtle party way. Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Moviga podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to that sort of thing, where we're talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Steven, and thanks again for joining me this week for The Lightning Round. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. I think my number one is the one I'm act- is I'm glad it was a number one so I could be like, it's this. Um, but before I hit it, what was what was your number one? Oh, my number one? Yeah, we got to hit the we hit the number ones and then we out of here, fam. Well, uh, I don't have a visual because I'm reading it on Kindle. How dare because you? Because I found out it came out today. And it became a number one. Um, if you listen to this podcast, which I don't expect all of you to listen to like 75 hours of this. Um, but uh, 
if you've listened to this podcast over any amount of time, you have heard me mention a book called Steeple. Yes. It was a random book I picked up because it had a girl in a clerical collar on the front uh, in a graveyard and it looked cool. Um, <laughs> this looks dope. This looks dope. Um, so Steeple, if you've heard me mention this before, uh, Steeple Volume 3, number one, is my number one. Um, but it comes as a trade, so you can pick up the whole trade. So there's that. Um, anyway, Steeple is the story of a young, uh, well-wishing, uh, what do you call him in England? Basically a, a British youth pastor. They're to, if it's Britain, then I'm assuming it's Anglican. Yeah, it's Anglican. Um, so it's a, there's a young Anglican uh, youth pastor that goes to a little seashore town, sort of broad churchish vibes uh, in England and uh, meets the basically the youth leader for the Church of Satan uh, and uh, the cool, sexy, hip girl in town. And they become best friends. Uh, and you find out that the local pastor, vicar, priest, whatever you want to call him, uh, spends his night fighting literal monsters like via supernatural style. Um, uh, so checks out, uh, <laughs> youth pat, uh, air quotes, enemy youth pastors becoming friends, uh, pastors fighting monsters. Literally in volume two, there was a werewolf thing and they were fighting, uh, aliens with kaiju i mean it was a whole thing so are, are you saying that's not what your day job looks like it depends on the season right now i'm a little more into like graphic design oh, um it's fair <laughs> but uh currently uh the at the end of book two there was a big plot twist that uh the church of satan girl uh found god and that the youth pastor girl got really bitter at the church and went to the church of Satan so she could just do what she wants. Um, and it's this weird flip flop parent trap, uh, freaky Friday vibe of ministry. <laughs> so seeing <laughs> this, go. Woman, seeing this young lady who spent most of her life, like, you know, atheistic Satanist to now she's trying to be like, bubblegum and sunshine youth pastor and then the bubblegum and sunshine and youth pastor trying to be devious it's just this Broody. weird vibe um i but it's fun it's from uh it is boom right i think it's boom steeple um, i think so yeah yeah uh either way volume three dropped uh and it's got some different chunks of stories but as it follows through dark horse um knew it was dark horse <laughs> it's easily we knew it was one of the two one of the two conversations so boom yeah Huh, I mean, um, of course. I mean, dang it. Um, and it also uh, ties in one of the other like detective books from that same uh, branch. But, oh, uh, the uh, the kids that uh, do the what's that book called? I know which one you mean. Wicked Things. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, it brings in one of the detectives from Wicked Things. That's cool. Um, but uh, it's got um, a shesh grim a shesh gremlin is one of the bad guys in the first part. It's a party demon. <laughs> that uh uh once you start drinking if you keep doing it too long it takes over your life and so it's got the two of them fighting a shush gremlin uh like just and there's if if you're in ministry at all or you've been a part of the church um for a while hearing their perspectives on things 
um, is kind of refreshing and encouraging, hmm. but it's also fun. And like they approach, they approach this stuff with humor without black, like being straight up blasphemous. Um, and if you're like, it's one of the things, if you see, like, if you see the same stuff you do in a Christian church being done in by a different faith and it makes you feel cringy, maybe it looks cringy to everybody else that sees what you're doing. <laughs> and so that it's, cringe it's, goes to 11. That's great. So it's just one of those things of like, I enjoy it a lot. And I thought it was done. I thought it was over because it does not come out in single issues anymore. Um, like I've not seen this on the store shelves, um, but it does drop whole trades. So that's it for me. Are you ready? Yep. What's your number one? Boom. It's called Briar. I heard a lot of people talking about that. Yeah. So I did too. And I picked it up because I am a sheep and I follow people. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, a lot of people were talking about it and there weren't a lot of number ones on the shelf. So it kind of made it easy. Right. Um, but it making the top of my list um, is because I did not expect what I obtained. Um, and so I need to find like an early picture because it's really cool how it does this is it's very bright. Right. And it's like, Ooh, and it's kind of the snow white story ish of the main character is a princess and falls like into this deep sleep and everything. Um, but then it kind of doesn't go so hot. <laughs> okay. Um, she just kind of gets left there and the book's color changes from that point forward and becomes blue instead of yellow. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, but this is basically a, okay, Snow White didn't get woken back up <laughs> um, kind of story, but then she gets woken up like way in the future. Um, and she's kind of zombie like, cause it didn't go as planned and everyone's like, Oh snap. Um, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> um, so she ends up kind of aligning with a lot of the undertones of the world as opposed to the upper tones of the world in the book and realizing that a lot of people want her dead, dead, not just kind of dead. Right. Um, and meets a, a dark elf um, individual who's named themselves spider um, and shenanigans ensue. Um, but it's a, it's a very violent book from that point going forward um and there's there's some pretty solid um fantasy tropes but also like flipping the story upside down kind of things going on from that point forward so no seven dwarves yet if they throw in seven dwarves as a joke on top of this joke at some point i'm gonna laugh very hard out loud because i'm kind of surprised they didn't go there early but um yeah it's it it literally has this and it's i think it's only a one in four or a one in six it is a short it's going to end um and right now she it's basically a buddy story between someone that was a princess but is now undead with a dark elf who basically nobody likes so that trope kind of maintains but i'm assuming based on what i've seen so far there's going to be redemption for both of them in some way or shape or form but if you're into the fantasy stuff that has familiar but different vibes, I I'm kind of here for it now. Um, and I just do really dig the whole um, very, very bright, like I said, to very dark that it, it changes colors as it goes kind of thing. But 
it is definitely mature. It is soaked in blood and all of that good stuff. So it's also <laughs> very much not your Disney story gone. Well, it is your Disney story gone wrong. So boom, you nailed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Briar, uh, that is boom. So we managed to go full circle on that one and boom and dark horse at the top of our list at the end of the week. So yeah, that's it. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Episode 76 is now in the books and now in your ears and your eyeballs because we got video now. Um, Yep. Right there. Um, It's true. Uh, We're on YouTube, so don't miss out on that. You can see Hector and my lovely faces or what we present as lovely on a biweekly basis. Um, But we could have a hurricane at the beginning of the day. Don't worry about it. This is fine. Um, (laughs) Be safe. Um, we can't do this alone. Uh, we take this journey of podcasts and fandom along with a whole bunch of other podcasts here on the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. You can check out all those shows at lovethynerd.com, including ours. So you can get more info, previous episodes, maybe find yourself a little something new, a little something, something to listen to uh, or watch because a lot of our stuff now is on the videos. Um, but Hector and I just honestly want to thank you for choosing us as your primary comic book uh, knowledge factory on, well, you know, when we show up. Uh, So don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and so much more. Honestly, thank you for listening from the bottom of my heart. And I know Hector uh, thanks you as well. So remember, kids, read read more comics. comics.